<laughs> Truly, Jesus is Lord. Amen? Amen. How did you feel when you were shouting, Jesus is Lord, this morning? What did that do to you, huh? Very hot. Yeah, you're hot, mama, for Jesus. Hello. And I just got to talk. Is it okay? Is it all right? When I stopped by Terry them house the other day, it's, there was so much joy flowing in that yard when I walked up. And I never met her daughter's boyfriend. And you know what? He got a big old lump of chocolate Holy Ghost love. Hello, somebody. <laughs> because you know what? That's what life is all about. As Brother Amelia was saying that, and I was sharing this with someone the other day, that I live not only to please God, but to please God's people. I love being in the presence of God's people. There are no greater people on earth to be around than the body of Christ. And that's why we want others to become a part of this great family called the body of Christ. Amen. Known as the kingdom of God. Somebody may get it someday. But Jesus is here. Hello, Michael. Way in the back. We're going to slow down just a minute because I'm just so fired up right now. <laughs> yeah. Because it happened all the way from the house to here. I'm just, my spirit is on fire for God. And if I lose my voice today, that's all right. My wife says she'll finally get some peace. But it's okay. The God we serve is not dead. And I understand the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, God is not the God of the dead, but of the what? Living. When he said that he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, Jesus told the people God was saying that he's not the God of the dead, but of the living. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are alive. Their bodies are dead, but they themselves are alive because of Jesus. We come here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to exalt the Son of God. And his name is Jesus. Everything we do is for Jesus. I don't want you to ever forget that. The service must always be focused on Jesus. It must be Christ-centered at all times. And the moment I don't allow that to happen, I want you and you and you and all these big brothers to pick me up, open the door, and throw me out. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'd like to see you try it because the Holy Ghost is going to be all over this chocolate lump. <laughs> Hello. And we're going to be magnifying our Lord Jesus like out of this world. Amen. Because he is out of this world. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Woo! And I've been missing Miss Marie's voice. Where have you been? But do know the Lord is on his throne. We're going to see some amazing things from Jesus this morning. We're going to go to all four Gospels today. Are you ready for that? We just read from John, but that was just a prelude. The rest of it is in the others as the Holy Ghost bring it together. And I want you to think about, as we get ready to go to the Lord in prayer, what if you were this woman 
that came in among these men and you knelt down at the master's feet, what would you feel like? In a room dominated by male testosterone, but most important, a room dominated about the presence of Jesus. That's what that's the one that's count, right? How would you feel? Well, that's what Jesus is calling you to be this morning. He's calling you, Emily, to be a Mary this morning. And we're going to take a look at that. Ms. Fran, Jesus is here and he's sitting upon his throne. And he wants you, Emma, to come in and kneel at his feet. Dick, I don't want to see you with a wig on so you can't be a Mary. But I want you to get the characteristics of Mary. Okay? Look at the attributes of her heart this morning and find out what it is this woman is doing. And we're just days away from the crucifixion. Just days away. And let me tell you something else. All hell is preparing. Are you hearing me? The kingdom of darkness is preparing for the greatest offense in the history of creation. To launch an offense that is so great, it literally going to shake the foundation of the earth. And all out assaults on the Son of God. And God's Son will face all of hell alone, but yet he's not alone. And somehow, what we're going to see today is that this woman is going to be moved by God's Spirit. Because she senses something that is so urgent that it's about to happen. And you're going to see her, Miss Marie. By the way, your name is Mary. Did you know that? Okay. And the name Mary means bitter because this is a bitter time, a bitter moment in which the Lord is going to be facing. And so as you talk to God in prayer, every head bow now, I want you to remind yourself as you're talking to God about this moment and when this woman comes in. You're going to see this woman drop all pride, all selfishness, and she's going to take on the spirit of humility as she comes into the presence of God in that room. And right now I'm asking you to take on the spirit of humility and enter God's throne room. With every head bow now, I want you to do this now in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus. We slow things down now, Lord, so that we can come before your throne. We can come in the precious name of Jesus. Jesus, you just opened the door of your heart for us to come in. And there we're standing before God himself. And we're asking you, Lord, to be merciful towards us. Help our hearts be lifted on high right now. Forget about what happened yesterday. Forget about what's going to happen tomorrow. But to concentrate on the here and now in your presence. To glorify you, Father, for sending your beautiful, loving, wonderful son, Jesus, to us. 
And as this woman entered into your presence that day, Jesus, you saw more than a woman who just came in to kneel at your feet. You saw a spirit that's so in love with you. And so, Lord, we're asking you now, let that be our heart today. Let us take on the spirit of Mary to have a heart that comes in and worship you, to love you regardless what's going on around us. And then Jesus, by your spirit right now, your Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Speak for your children are listening. And bless your people Israel. Bless our country to come back to you, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you and we know that you're here. Speak, Holy Spirit, for your children are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God says, Amen. Amen. John chapter 8. Thank you, Miss Vicky. Playing so wonderful once again. John chapter 12. This morning, as we look at the text, I want you to understand what's going to happen. John chapter 12. If I said 8, I'm talking too fast. John chapter 12. Okay? Starting at verse 1. We're going to be looking at all four gospels. Let me give you a little bit of backdrop here for a moment. Matthew records it. Mark records it. Luke records it. Luke, however, his account in chapter 7 is a little bit different. And you can write this down as a reference point because we're going there. Luke chapter 7, verse 36, you're going to see Luke giving a different account. And I'm here to tell you, I believe it's the same woman. Okay? I believe it's the same woman. And here's one thing you need to know about the four Gospels. The four Gospels are not in chronological order as they're written. The events you may read in the middle of Luke of something that had happened early that should be in the front of Luke. Okay? So they're not in chronological order. If you ever want to understand how things flow in the four gospel, I have a book here called The Harmony of the Gospel. It lays it out in the order in which they occur. Okay? But however, regardless how Luke may have written his gospel, I believe it is the same woman. Okay? And interesting, in John's account here in chapter 12, in the, preceding, I mean, in the previous chapter, John said that it, it is the Mary who anointed Jesus. This is the sister of Lazarus, whom Jesus raised from the dead. So I like the way John had introduced us to, to, to Mary in, in chapter 11, right before he writes about the account of him, Jesus, that is, raising Lazarus from the dead. Anyway, as we look into this, let's hear from God. Then six days before the Passover, that tell us, Deke, it was probably what day? More than likely, it was Thursday or Friday in which it's happened. Because there's a debate between when Jesus was put to death. Some say it was Thursday. Some say it was Wednesday. A Jewish calendar is a little bit different than ours, but we're not here to focus on the time period. We're here to focus on the center figure of the story. The center figure of the story is not Mary herself, but who? Jesus. Never forget this, saints. Jesus is the center of Genesis 2 revelation. Okay? Never forget that. And so... 
John put that there as a reference point to let us know that it's not many days from Jesus going to the cross, okay? And so this woman comes in, and you can see that this woman is not being led by flesh, but by who? The Spirit of God, okay? Because society in those days really was downtrodden on women. Women was a very, very oppressed people. You had no rights, Shelley, as a woman per se, when it came to the things of God. Whenever you were coming to the house of God or even in a house where men were gathered, you were subservient. You didn't have the same equal treatment. Not that they love you any less, it's just with society, okay? It was a cultural understanding. Not only that, another thing that you need to see in this scripture is women did not let their hair down in public. Women did not let their hair down in public unless they were a prostitute. Are you hearing me? Unless they were a prostitute. And usually if a woman came with her hair down and slinging it, that means she want you to do something. Okay, and we'll leave it at that. Okay? So, two things that was going against this woman right off the bat. Number one, she was a woman. Number two, she had let her hair what? Down. And so we're going to take a look at some stuff here today. But you must see the fingerprint of God all over this. This script was written by God himself. Because you had some diehard Jewish men in that room. That they were not going to change the way they thought unless God himself touched their hearts. And there's still men like that today in our world. They're not going to change until God touches their heart. Okay? I'm not going to say what women can do and what women cannot do. All I know, if it doesn't line up with this word of God, then I can say, uh-oh, uh-uh. No, don't follow that. But if that woman is being led by the Spirit of God, guys, you better pay attention. All right? So, Jesus came to Bethany. We remember that one, don't we? Okay? Well, Lazarus, who had been dead, interesting point, John has given us another reference point, meaning just a few days earlier, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So he's there. He had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. A word here, supper is kind of like watering down what really took place here. Here's a better way to look at it. And they made him a party, a celebration. Hello. They made him a celebration. There was something to celebrate. Anytime Jesus come in our midst, it's time to do what? Celebrate. Celebrate. It ain't time to be sad. <laughs> but you see, the body of Christ got to wake up to the goodness of Jesus. Anytime Jesus come around us, we need to be excited and ready to what? Celebrate. Okay? And Martha served, but Lazarus, one of those who sat at the table with him. 
Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard. Let me tell you a little bit about this oil. This oil was made in three different countries. One was northern India, the other one was Yemen, and the other place was Arabia, known as Saudi Arabia. So she had to buy this oil coming from a trade caravan. And to get this kind of oil being carried for hundreds of miles into Israel, somebody had to pay some, some money. Okay? Now, what we know about Lazarus and Martha and Mary, they were not wealthy people. So somebody had saved and saved and saved and saved. That's another issue. Now, I want to read right on through John's account because I want to flop back to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay? And bring out some points there for you to understand today. So she took this pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. But one of his disciples, Judas Ezekiel, son of Simon, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? <coughs> Excuse me. This he said, not, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. But Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me, you do not have always. Now, that last statement that I just read to you, here's a cross-reference for it. You can go to Deuteronomy chapter 15 and look at verse 11. And there Moses is telling the children of Israel, don't you dare mistreat a poor brother who comes to you and asks you for something and he's in need and you don't give it to him. Why? Because you're going to always have the poor with you. And if he prays to God against you, then you will answer to God because what you have done is sin. Okay? So Jesus was just reciting an old passage given by Moses. All right? Now, flip back to Matthew chapter 26 real quick. Matthew 26 and we'll start at verse 6. Say amen when you're there. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, did you notice the name given here? Simon the leper. First of all, people did not gather at the homes of lepers because it was forbidden. Even under the, Levit uh, the Leviticus law, lepers had to be separated. And they even had to scream out, leper. So it would warn the people to go around. Because it was a highly contagious skin disease that often disfigured the face. And it really, it was bad. And people died from it. Okay? Yeah, the flesh literally rotted on them. All right. But notice it said that who went to this house? Jesus. Jesus. Simon the leper. Now, 
Some of us live like we are so precious in the sight of the Lord that he have to come to our house when in fact our very lives is like a leper. It stinks in the nostrils of God. And yet Jesus always come in to the home of his children. Remember, he would have the writer of Hebrews say, I will never leave you or forsake you. All right. Now, he went to the home of a person that normal society say, uh-uh, they're not going that house. Okay. But Jesus is going there. That's a good clue to look at. A woman came to him having an alabaster flag. And usually when they say a woman came to him, that meant she was a lady of the night. She did not have a good reputation. Okay? So she came having an alabaster flax of very costly fragrant oil and she poured it where? On his head. You notice John gave that she poured it, his, poured it on his what? His what? His feet. Okay? Here, Matthew said, she poured it where? Now, if you put both accounts together, this woman anointed Jesus from where? The top of his head to what? Hello! She anointed his whole what? Body! Did y'all get it now? That's powerful. Did you know the word anointing is Christ's name? Christ means anointed. Christ means anointed. It's amazing that this woman came in Christ, Christ. Hello, that's one way to look at it. She came in Christ, Christ. She anointed him. Moving on. So as they sat at the table, but when his disciples saw it, they were indignant. What does indignant mean? They was angry. They got an attitude. All snobbed up. What? I, as the Spirit was showing me this morning about this, why did they get mad at this woman? It wasn't their anointing oil. It wasn't their perfume. Why did they get angry at her? Because they didn't have it. They wanted it. They wanted the proceeds from it. Why are you going to get mad at somebody for something that belonged to them? Because she was one up in them. Yeah, she had one up on them, right? But isn't that the way it is today? We get angry at other people because they got something that we don't have? Yeah, and it was very, very expensive. And it said, why does waste? For this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the Yeah, like they really cared for the Has that changed today, Mr. Bill? Uh, You still see churches today giving very, very little to the poor, but they got extravagant buildings. They take these lust trips. They, they, They label camp meetings and retreats and conferences. I'm here to tell you the only conference you need is the Word of God. And you don't have to spend $1,500 to go get it. 
And you don't have to travel far. Because the word of God said by God to the people of God, seek me. Even Jeremiah, I mean, the prophet Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he's yet to be found. Call upon him while he is near. You want a conference? Call on Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm not condemning people who do that. I'm just saying it's there. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, why do you trouble the woman? I can still say that on the behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Why are you troubling God's people? Leave them alone. Just because they don't wear a collar don't mean they can't go and do the precious things of the Lord. Leave them alone. If the Holy Spirit has moved a child of God to do something, leave them alone. Let them do it. How many times you all come to me and say, Pastor, we got, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop. God gave it to you. He didn't give it to me. My job is to tell you to go and do it. And if it's not of the Lord, we all know it. Amen. Amen. So if God gave the vision to you, you go do it. I'm going to pray for you that the Holy Spirit will be all over it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a good work for me. Do not forget what Jesus is saying here. Jesus just commissioned that woman to do a good work for him. And that has not changed. Jesus is commissioning you ladies today to do a good work for him. Don't let us stubborn, hard-headed men stop you. And equally to men, do not let other men stop you from doing the good works of the Lord. That young man that was playing that bass guitar, you think we were going to tell him no? Uh Uh-uh. It is not our place to do what? To quench the spirit of God in people. It's not. It is our job to help them bring it out. Bring it on out. Okay? And Mr. Bill come up here and say, Sammy, I got a a Bible class that I want to teach. Okay, what is it? And we sit down and we discuss it. I say, let's schedule it. Because God's people need to hear this. Okay? Let's get it done. But this woman, coming in the middle of all these men in a society that said, you're not supposed to be here. Notice where she went. She went directly to the Lord. Walked right in, off the street, to the Lord. Bypassed all them hardheads. And went directly to the Lord and knelt down at his feet. And round about this time, all these men are going, what you doing? Why are you here? And some of the dignified folks sitting up in there are going, 
All of you knew what kind of woman mm -hmm. this is. Mm -hmm. Well, people are still saying that today when they tell people who have a life that's not in comparison with the word of God, you can't come in here among us. We want them to come in. Because we were not born saved. That's right. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay? We all need Jesus. We all need a Savior. Okay? And so Jesus invited us all to come into the kingdom of God. Why? Because God said we all need to be what? Saved. John 3.16 tells us that, doesn't it? Okay, for God so loved the world that he gave his what? Only begotten son. That means that in order to give, there must be a need. Hallelujah. Hello, God saw the need for us to be what? Saved. So he gave us his only begotten son. So Jesus is sitting there and he's watching how these men treat his daughter. They didn't realize they were sitting with the God of all creation. They didn't realize the same God that created this woman created them. And he was, some of them were even sitting right next to him. And they didn't know it. They didn't know that this same Jesus in which this woman was bound down to was going to be on a cross in a matter of a few days. For them too. And yet, they had the dignified spirit of her. All of you knew what kind of woman this is. Hmm. I'm going to read on and then we're going to shift on over to the next one. Are you ready for that? So, why do you trouble? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. What did he just say to them? I'm not going to be here forever. I am going back home. And you know what, Alex? It went right over their heads. They didn't know that one day, not many days from there, Jesus would stand on a hillside right on the other side of the town where they're at. Matter of fact, on that same mountain range called Mount Moriah, Jesus will stand and a cloud will come and take him back to heaven. Okay? They had no idea that they would watch God go up. Hello. But what happened in verse 11? You always, but not me. In verse 12, for in pouring this fragrant oil on my body. She did it for my what? I wonder if they caught that, Brother Jeremiah. Jesus just told them that he's going to what? Jesus just told him, told the crowd that he's going to do what? Yeah, he's I'm going to die. How many of them honed in on that statement? Not a one of them. They all missed it. But I want to go back to the woman for a moment. The woman didn't miss it. 
Because the woman came in not only with costly perfume, but she came in with a mourning heart on. She came in with her lamenting heart on. She came in with a grieving heart. Because we don't know how much she understood it, but she was being moved by the Spirit of God to know that something is about to happen to this man. And that she knew that she had to grieve for him. She didn't know the depth of it. Like a lot of the prophets, when they were given the word of God by the spirit of God, they didn't understand the fullness of all the time what the spirit was telling them. How many of you all think that Moses really understood that the prophet he spoke about wouldn't be named Jesus? How many of them really thought about that themselves? Just like Moses. Moses did not know he was talking to Jesus at the burning bush. Hello. Nor did he know there was Jesus in the fire. Or in the cloud. He didn't know that. He didn't know it was Jesus who parted the Red Sea for him. He knows it now. Because you know how we know? In Matthew 17, 17, there up on top of the mountain, when Jesus was changed into pure light, who did Peter and John and James see him talking to? The Bible says that they saw him talking to Moses and Elijah. I know you knew it, baby, but I just got to preach it. <laughs> Moses not dead. Moses knew who it is he was talking to then. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Let's move on. Verse 13, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a what? As a memorial to her. And all four gospels is listed. Let's go to the next one. Mark chapter 14, verse 3. Just in case you are not aware the layout, as you get closer to the end of these Gospels, they're pointing towards Jesus' death. The closer you get to the end of the chapter, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they point to Jesus' death. That's one way to remember how to go about them, Okay. So look at it again. And this time, I want you to look at verse 5 towards the end, and it said, and they criticize her sharply. And they criticized her sharply. Why do church people have to be so mean, Crystal, to one another? This is a woman who came in to be with the Lord Jesus Christ just like they did. And yet they are criticizing her. They're criticizing her. But now I want you to go over to Luke chapter 7. Y'all going to learn your Bible after a while, aren't you? Look at verse 36. 
Look at verse 36. Chapter 7, verse 36. Luke, chapter 7, verse 36. I want you to understand this also. Mark and Luke were not there. Matthew and John was at this supper, this party. Mark is John Mark. He got the word from one of the apostles. So he's writing based upon someone else's testimony. Luke was not there. He's writing on somebody else's testimony. Okay? Now, this time, we're going to see something just a little bit different. But I believe it's the same woman because the similarities within the context says it has to be the same woman. Okay? Then one of the Pharisees, what's the difference now? Did you see the difference right off the bat? Or y'all didn't catch it? One of the Pharisees. Uh-oh. That means this is one of the religious leaders of Israel. One of the leaders of the Jews. is now observing this thing. That's what Luke said. One of the big boys are in the house. But there's a bigger one than him in the house. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yes. And his name is? Jesus. Come on. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. Yes. Another way to label that she is a prostitute. Okay, well, what's going on? When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, what did it say? And she did what? She knew. I Means she had some kind of knowledge that the master was in that Pharisee's house. Now, do you think that woman would have gone in that Pharisee's house by herself had Jesus not been there? Nope. No. They probably would have picked up rocks and did what? Try to stone her to death. But she knew that Jesus was her ticket in. Why? Because the Holy Ghost told her so. She went under the anointing of God's spirit. Now, what can we say about this for our friends from Canada? By the way, do y'all know that these brothers and sisters are from Canada? Huh? They're from way up north. Okay? Look, it's serving the same Jesus. Hello. But don't you know that the spirit of God will take you where your flesh won't? Now, let me break that down. When you try to go on your own, there are obstacles. Could this woman have gotten in this Pharisee's house as a woman of the night? No. But now that the spirit of God was about to do something with this woman, he opened the door for her to go and see God face to face. Are you hearing me? When others think your life is so bad and you're so terrible and so horrible, when the Spirit of God gets a hold of your heart, 
He will take you places where others cannot take you. And that's what was happening here. And you're going to see a transformation of a human heart take place right in front of these men and they don't even recognize it. Let's take a look. Let's take a look. So the woman of the city, she came in and she was a sinner when she knew that Jesus was set at the table in the Pharisee's house. Brought in an alabaster flack of fragrance oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. By this time, I, I wonder what the other men are thinking. Now, this woman didn't come in and she's standing behind Jesus. And they are probably thinking, is she going to use him as her next subject? What are you doing here? Right? But watch what happens. You ready? And she began to wash his feet with her tears. That means, everybody, she has now maneuvered herself, what? Around to the front of the Lord. And she's now down on her, what? knees. Folks, if you don't allow the Holy Ghost to take you down on your knees before God, nothing in this world can save you. When you kneel down to Jesus, when you humble your spirit before God, God alone will move in your heart. When mom and dad can't get you to do things, when husband and wives can't get you to do things, Jesus can when society rejects you and everybody don't like you and care about you, Jesus will. When you humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, as James writes, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will exalt you in due time. This woman is being, what? Humbled by the spirit of God, but her name is being exalted in heaven and a book called the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what you're going to see. Watch what happened, Mr. David. You're an investigator. Look at the facts. I talked law. Police talked to him because we both did law enforcement. Look at it. So she's there washing his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And remember now, a woman was not allowed or permitted to let her hair down in public unless she was a lady of the... Night and here are in the presence of her husband at home, okay, and her children. But out in public, she put it up out of respect for her husband. And so now this woman is in the public of men. And she did what? Came in and let down her hair and began to weep before the Lord our God. And there Jesus felt her tears on his own feet. When have you wet Jesus' feet with your tears? Hallelujah. Hmm? When will you, brothers, humble yourselves and allow your tears to wet Jesus' feet? Oh, we can't wipe them with our hair. Okay? But we can certainly with our hearts. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Look at this. Look at this. So, she kissed his feet and anointed them. 
Now, how many of you all know Psalms 2? The second Psalm out of the 150. Psalms number 2. In that King David, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, says, Kiss the Son, and he was talking about Jesus, unless he what? Hates you. You want to be hated by Jesus? <laughs> this woman just kissed her king's feet. Now, another thing that you're probably not aware of, that in the Middle East, it was considered an insult to mess with somebody's feet. Only slaves washed their master's feet. That's why Peter had problems with Jesus washing his feet. Because Jesus got him straight. But now this woman is watching, washing our master's feet. She's not using a rag and she's not using soap, Shelly. She's using tears and a very costly perfume. And the towel that she's using is her own DNA. Her hair. In other words, let me tell you the pictures that's being painted here. This woman just gave Jesus her very all. How much more can you give someone than yourself? The most intimate part of a person's heart is their tears. Tears show that something is going on on the inside. Are you hearing me? And here she poured out her insides on her master. And guess what? He received it. When you come to Jesus with that kind of heart, the Lord Jesus Christ himself receive our tears. Hello. Are you hearing me? All right. Somebody got smart and turned the AC on. Looking right along. Now when the Pharisees who, who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he was a prophet, if, mm -hmm, would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him. For she is a, another way to say it, she is a whore. She is a prostitute. She's a harlot. She's a woman of the night. And if he knew who this woman was, if he was a prophet, he would really know and say, don't touch me. Uh-uh, he doesn't know. This is the very reason why he what? Came. Now, I want to say this to all of you. This whole scenario was set up by God for this woman. Are y'all hearing me? This whole scenario was set up by God for this woman so this woman could meet his son face to face and receive something from him that the world could not give her. We're going to see what that is in a second. And then we're going to shift over to, uh, to communion. And Jesus answered and said to him. Now, interesting point here. 
Did this Pharisee tell Jesus if you knew who this was that was sitting with or touching you? Did he say that to Jesus? No. How did Jesus know? Because he was more than the prophet that he thought Jesus was. Right? Jesus knew his thoughts. Just like he knows your thought when you're thinking bad about your mama. Blake going, no, I didn't. <laughs> but he knew already when she had her hair done. He knew. He was the one led her to drop her hair. Grab that costly perfume. By the way, it was worth one year's wages. That's a lot of money to give away. Look at it. Simon, I have something to say to you. That's what Jesus told him. I got something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. Or probably more appropriate, right by say it. Now, this is a religious leader now bending himself down to who? To Jesus. And he's saying to Jesus, say it. There was a certain creditor, by the way, this is a parable. Jesus is giving a parable now. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, in other words, two people that owed him some money. Okay? In other words, another way to say it, that there was a lender and two borrowers owed him some money. Okay? Or another way, a banker. Okay? One owed 500 denarii. So that's more than what the woman paid for the Perfume. So we can easily say he owed Jesus a year and three quarters of labor, of wages, okay? And the other 50, not much, but still a lot of money, right? And when they had nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Remember, this banker just told the two people that owed him, it's okay. You don't have to pay me back. Jesus said, which of the two is going to love this banker more? The one that owed the banker 500 denarii or the one that owed him 50? Listen to what the Pharisee says. <clears throat> Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who he forgave more. And he, talking about Jesus, said to him, you have rightly judged. Otherwise, you made the right decision. You said it correctly. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? Okay. Do you see her? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. Okay. But this woman ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. Now, I want to say this to you now. You think Jesus' feet were clean? No, because no, they wore sandals in the dirt. So that means his feet was good and dusty, good and dirty. Alice going like, mm. but your heart must be like this woman. You must drop your pride. You must let down your shield, okay, of selfishness and bend on down and pucker up, buddy, 
and kiss Jesus' feet. Maurice Nelson, you must kiss Jesus' feet. It's a humble heart, a heart of humility. Okay? And as we close it out, he says, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with, her, with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. But this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Why? For she loved much. In other words, she, will, she realized that she was a sinner before her God. And she humbled herself. Her actions were demonstrating to God that she had a repentant heart. She was sorrowful for the lifestyle that she had. She realized that she was not right with God. And she wanted things right with her maker. And Jesus was her maker and is her maker just like he's ours so if you're not willing to bow down to Jesus with your big heart and allow him to bust it and all that stuff come out of you on his feet okay with a heart of repentance with a heart of sorrow you must be willing to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Whether you are nine years old or 16 years old or 17 years old or whatever age you are. Okay? You must be willing to bow down to Jesus and submit to the laws of God in Jesus and accept who Jesus is. Amen? You must be willing to do that, boys and girls. You must be willing to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and tell God that you're sorry for sinning against him. And then change. So what happened to the woman? As we close out, what happened? She just got saved. Her heart was just transformed by the living God. And her name is written where? In the Lamb's Book of Life. But yet, the most dignified people sitting up there, where are their names at? Uh-huh. Yeah. And we all know what Judas did to himself. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that messed it up. So, think about this. In your life today, Jesus did a wonderful thing with this woman. Therefore, he's talking to the woman. Therefore, I say to you, and he's talking to the Pharisee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same love little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Did you get that? And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who, who even forgives sin? Then he said to the woman, 
Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Now, Jesus said something about this woman that we can all use to measure our Christian life with today. He said, to whom much is forgiven, this one loves much. You know how we know that you belong to Jesus? By your love. All of us, all of our sins are much before God. And when we realize that Jesus has forgiven us of all of our sin, not in part, but all. God doesn't halfway save someone. He saves us all the way. Jesus didn't halfway die on the cross. He died on the cross. Amen. And equally, God didn't halfway raise him from the dead. God raised him from the dead. The dead. Amen? Amen? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new what? Creation. All things have done what? Pass away and all things have become what? New. You got a new love relationship. Not only for God, not only for yourself, but for others. That's what took place right there in the midst of all them heartliners. That woman just got a heavenly love out of this world. And they still remain the same. They still remain the same. So what are you going to do today? Are you going to recognize that your heart is like this woman named Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus? Are you going to accept the fact that Jesus has saved you and forgiven you of your sins? And that now you have a different relationship in you? You're no longer the same. You are a different person. And I'm going to call you out. Are you saved, young man, wearing the Florida hat? So that means your love for Jesus compels you not to do what's wrong, right? Say yes, sir. What about you, young lady? Are you giving your life to Jesus? So that means the love of Jesus that's in you compels you not to be the same, right? That your life is now different. Yes? Say yes, sir. What about you, brother? You, you smiling, mama. Ask you too. So that means your life is no longer the same, right? And that means the love of Jesus that's in you compels you to be different. What about you, Jeremiah, law enforcement, Jeremiah Jones? So it requires you to be what? Different. You can't mistreat people because they're on probation, right? You got to treat them with the same love that you expect your God to treat you with. Amen? And so do you. And you. And you, Kobe. As young as you are, you still have to treat your mama with love because you say Jesus lives in you. And you too, Alex. And you too, Crystal. And the other Crystal. And Zora, who hiding her face in a chair. And Sister Vicky and Sammy Nelson. And Miss Good Looking Belinda Nelson. <laughs> oh, wow. 
It requires all of us Amen. to have a heart change. Because at that moment, Jesus just gave this woman a, a heart surgery. He changed her heart. And Jesus is available right now to change all of you. At this moment, I need to build in quiet. I want you to shift your hearts to this part. The woman washed Jesus' feet with her tears. But we're coming to a moment where you can partake of Jesus' body by consuming it. His body and his blood. How much more intimate can you get than that? But I need to caution you on something. Jesus said through the Apostle Paul, before you do this, before you take this Holy Communion, if you have sinned against God, you need to think about what you've done. Whether it's through words you've spoken or some kind of behavior that's wrong before God or some kind of thinking because God covers that too. The Bible calls it all sin. We're not going to sugarcoat it for you. If you thought evil and wickedly, it's sin. If you said something that was evil and wicked, it's sin. And if you've done some things that's evil and wicked, it's sin. Okay? We're not going to sugarcoat anything here. So the Word of God says before you take communion, and God wants you to take communion, regardless who you are in here, Jesus wants you to take communion, to fellowship with him at his table, and partake of his body and drink his blood. He wants you to do that. But he wants you to come with a pure heart. Every head bow. This is how you can purify your heart before God and Jesus our Lord. If you have done wrong, which the Bible calls sin right now, tell Jesus what you've done. Every head bow. Now just take a moment and say, Jesus, this is what I've done. And I ask you to forgive me and I ask you to cleanse me from this sin that the Bible calls unrighteousness and restore me back in the right fellowship with you. Take this moment and do that.
All right. Thank you for being honest before our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Dick, can you stand right here for me, please? Hear the word of God from Matthew's account. Normally we would do it from Paul writing over in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. But today we're going to go in Matthew. Here's the word of the Lord. Matthew 26, 26. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread. That means they were all, supper was already going on. Okay. And this would have been the, what we call the cedar meal. Okay. S-E-D-E-R. The one that we do on Passover here. And Jesus would have taken the cup from the cedar. And a bread also. That's what he would have used. The unleavened bread. All right. So as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it. I mean, excuse me. He broke it and blessed it. Let me let me give this to you, the instructions. We don't have unleavened bread in front of us, but we do have these wafers that came. You can break it to symbolize the Lord breaking the bread and passing it. That's the first cellophane you, you would separate. And then you would come and remove the second part to expose the wine. Now, we're not giving your children real wine to drink, okay? But it would be okay if we did because that's what the Lord had. So here it says, and he took it, the bread, and he blessed Father in Jesus' name. We thank you for the bread. This is the body of your son, Jesus, that was broken for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this. In your name we pray, amen. And he gave it to him. This would have been a fairly large chunk, okay? And he'd have passed it to his left and to his right. And they would have broken off pieces of it. Some of you all are germophobics and probably wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> but it would have been okay, everybody, in this sacred moment, as we recognize in the body of our Lord Jesus that was broken. I don't know about you, but I've seen a man handcuffed standing in front of a mosque in Saudi Arabia. And they had a horsewhip. And they beat that man publicly. And I told my driver, I said, let's get out of here. I can't stand to see this. A grown man being beat like an animal. And it reminded me of our Lord being beaten. And so he took the cup, likewise. Excuse me, let me back up, getting too fast. So he gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Never forget the body of our Lord Jesus Christ that was broken for you. Each time you and I are in despair, let me encourage you to do something. And something that I've made it a part of my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I keep some of these back at my desk. So if I'm not feeling well, I take communion. If I come in and I got Something on my mind if I'm heavy burdened down. 
I confess that if I'm at fault, I confess that to Jesus. And then I take communion. So reminding myself that I'm united in Christ. I'm in union with Christ. So that my life is always in union with who? With Christ. You may not have one of these at home, but you got some bread and you got some grape juice somewhere. If not, grab something and say, Lord, forgive me. I don't have this, but I want to honor you. I, had a, I heard a guy give a testimony one time, say he got the feeling bad like he was going to die and he was in his truck. And the only thing he had was a half-eaten Snickers bar and a half-drunk Pepsi. And he said, Lord, I don't have anything else, but this is going to have to do. And he remembered the Lord's body that was broken for him. But Isaiah said, by your stripes we are healed. And the man took that piece of candy as the body of Lord Jesus. And he took the half drink Pepsi and he reminded himself that this, this is a reminder of our Lord's blood that was shed for me. And he took it after giving thanks. And it says shortly thereafter, his body began to feel better, began to be restored back into health. There's something, and I've heard testimonies time after time after time of people feeling bad and taking communion and immediately get healed. And one last testimony I give you before we do it. A lady was having heart problems, sitting in a healing service. She's gone to the doctors and doctors done all they could do. She took communion. And the moment she took the Lord's body and ate it, she said it was like a darkness came out of her. And immediately she felt her heart get strong. It was a demon spirit that had come to kill her. The doctor seen it in the natural and said, oh, you got a bad heart. She didn't have a bad heart. Demon spirit was trying to kill her. But when she honored the Lord's body and became one with it, he healed her. Please share the Lord's table with his people. Give me my bread back. <laughs> and the Lord good. Jesus loves you. Let me encourage everyone to take communion. This is for us, his body that was broken for us and his blood that was shed. be the glory.
God, it's so awesome. Dick, do we have enough? It's good to run out of communion, isn't it? But we got more on the shelf. It's more than enough. Amen. If we have to, we'll break and share ours. Okay, I drank a little bit, and Emily, you drank a little bit. The Lord will provide. Amen. on the dickens so I can serve them. Take this of the blood and body of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the body of On the night in which the Lord Jesus Christ was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. He also gave thanks. Father, thank you for the body of Lord Jesus that was broken for us. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Please take and eat. Likewise, he took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the New Testament for the forgiveness of sin. And he says, I will not drink this with you anymore until we drink it afresh in my father's house. But he told his disciples and after he gave thanks, Father, thank you for the blood of your son Jesus that was shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. Take and drink all of it in remembrance of Jesus. So they went out to the Mount of Olives and they sang songs. I'm not going to lead the song, but like I told y'all, the songs that they sung is called the Hele. And it's Psalms 113 through Psalms 117. So if you want to go and compile those and go ahead and go, go and sing unto the Lord. Psalms 113 through Psalms 117. Okay. All right, every head bow. Psalms 117. I mean 113 to 117. I think 118 may be included. 118 is also included in it, Mr. Bill. So 18. 113 to 118, Mr. Bill. All right. Give a head bow. Let's pray. Uh, dismisses. Father, we thank you so much for your son, Jesus, and Lord Jesus, for the movement of your spirit here among us today. Lord, we love you and we ask that you keep us until we meet again. Give us the heart and courage by your spirit to be your witness wherever we go. It is in your precious name we pray. Amen and amen.